Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Friday, July 29th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Emma Lutkind. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Let's get right into the headlines. New York just declared monkeypox as an imminent threat. As of Thursday, over 1,200 people have tested positive for the virus in New York City. Governor Hochul says that 80,000 monkeypox vaccines are heading to New York. They'll be given out over the coming weeks. Another 30,000 doses will go to the rest of the state. Right now, only New York subway stations have reliable cell service, not the trains themselves. But the communications company Transit Wireless is about to change all of that. That's right, Emma. The MTA has plans to wire subway tunnels so riders will have easy access to a Wi-Fi signal. The project will cost $600 million and will take 10 years to complete. For all the Hulu fans out there, don't be surprised if you start seeing political ads in between your Love Island episodes. Hulu's parent company, Disney, has decided to allow political ads to run on the popular streaming service. This isn't new for Disney, though, whose cable services already show political ads. That's right, Taylor. This all happened because Hulu faced criticism online for rejecting an abortion ad from a Democratic advertising firm. The sanitation department is developing a new way to combat rising rat populations in the city. This plan involves having businesses taking trash out at 8 p.m. The current rule wants trash out at 4 p.m. They think that less trash on the streets will mean less rats on the sidewalks. And if a business closes before 8 p.m., the department recommends putting their trash into a closed bin. Maggie Rogers' new album, Surrender, is out today. To celebrate, she held a show at Webster Hall last night. She's heading to the UK with artist Samia to go on tour this fall. Spoken word, or the oral performance of poems, found a home at the New Yorican Poets Cafe in the East Village. WFUV's Isabel Danzis visited the cafe to watch an open mic and learn more about spoken word as an art form. New York City is a major hub for the performing arts. The best of singing, dancing, and acting all flock to the city to get their chance to try to make it. But for other performing artists like spoken word poets, the city also provides a sea of opportunity. And this building is, you know, it's a mecca of poetry in the world. People come from all over the world to perform in this space. Um, It has opened many doors, and mine included. That was Caridad De La Luz, talking about the New Yorican Poets Cafe. De La Luz is the executive director of the cafe, and she is much better known as La Bruja, her poet's name. La Bruja says that the New Yorican Poets Cafe creates a space for poets to come together to build community. And that's definitely clear at the cafe. I visited the cafe for an open mic night in mid-July. Outside, it was torrentially downpouring. But despite the flood warning, thunder, and lightning, the cafe still pulled a huge crowd. The cafe is small, with a bar immediately to the right as soon as you walk in. There's chairs set up in rows with a small stage in the corner. Lights cover the cafe in cool colors. Poets shuffle in and sign up for the open mic at the bar. Well, uh, I'd say I've been writing like my whole life, um, but uh, I'd say generally like writing 15 years-ish, performing as a spoken word artist and officially doing that, I'd say since about 2016. That was Christian Morant, a poet and a performer at the cafe's open mic. Everyone, make some noise for Christian Morant coming to the stage. According to Morant, the poem he performed, She Keeps Me Company, is a fun one to bring to the open mic because of the audience engagement. I like that one because it's a crowd engagement piece. It's a call and response where people are like, 
I say one thing and they, they return something to me and it's this, this engaged factor and it's, it's really fun for me to do that. In a world fairly foreign to me but familiar to so many of its local inhabitants, she, in a world which desires to easily discard me like one of its furry little four-legged subway fairies, she, both La Bruja and Morant say spoken word and poetry help them navigate their lives. It helps me make sense of what I feel about the world because sometimes, you know, we're so bombarded in a traumatic way that we can't make sense of it. And so uh, poetry is my way of connecting with myself. What do I really feel? For Morant, when he originally started creating poetry, he wrote about darker things to help him cope with them. Now he is able to channel happier emotions into his poetry as well. So I was able to realize, I was like, that's not the only thing. I can tap into the happier things of life and all those other things. That's when things kind of started shifting in a really positive direction. Um, and, and now I'm more, I'm more out of that headspace of, of darkness, and now I'm more in a lighter space now, um, which really feels good. While spoken word was the main event, it wasn't the only way that the artists expressed themselves. Comedians, singers, and rappers took the stage as well. Even more impassioned poets like Natalie Rosanis took a more political approach. I, I hate anger for always making me feel like a whiny girl, feel sad, feel grief, feel hurt, and hardly ever when it's stating itself as anger when it does it not being anger but feeling sad, feeling grief, feeling lost, feeling frustrated. Whether the poems were funny, serious, or romantic, everything that was performed was met with loud applause at the New Yorican Poets Cafe. That was WFUV's Isabel Dances talking about spoken word at the New Yorican Poets Cafe. Now let's head over to the world of sports with WFUV's Ryan Gregware. Ryan, what are the Yankees up to? Yeah, right now it's a very busy time in baseball. After a dole of a game through eight innings, the Yankees came away with a one nothing win last night thanks to a walk-off home run by Aaron Judge. Judge continues his historic season with his 39th home run of the year and his third walk-off home run. As he looks to chase the Yankees' record of 61 homers in a season, another interesting development will be Judge chasing the single-season walk-off home run record of four. How are the Mets doing? Staying with baseball, we've begun seeing the first stages of what looks to be an exciting trade deadline. Although the deadline isn't until August 2nd, teams have gone ahead and got started making moves. And that includes the Mets, who yesterday made a deal with the Reds, sending two prospects for Tyler Naquin and left-handed pitcher Philip Deal. Naquin, along with the recently added Dan Vogelback, is particularly strong when it comes to facing right-handed pitchers. While it's more rumors, there is big-time news out of Los Angeles. It appears the Angels are listening on trades for everybody, and that includes the reigning AL MVP Shohei Otani. Baseball hasn't seen a player like Otani since the likes of Babe Ruth, and with another year remaining on his deal, you would have to imagine that the compensation would be massive. Oh, that sounds great. Is there anything else happening outside of baseball? In news that's not on the baseball diamond, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals have removed the study clause from his contract. After recently signing a five-year, $230 million deal, an independent clause in the contract made waves, saying that Murray had to spend four hours a week of independent study that could not include playing video games and other recreational activities. Murray's work ethic began to be questioned by some as the two sides eventually realized it was probably best to move forward without this clause. With WFUV Sports, I'm Ryan Gregware. Thanks, Ryan. Now here's What's What in Music news with Alisa Ali. 
It is well known that former U.S. President Barack Obama is a big music fan. He shares a list of his favorite music every year, and this week he dropped his summer playlist. Jack White, Kendrick Lamar, Nina Simone, and Wet Leg all made the list, along with several other musicians that prove his taste is truly eclectic. Oh, and of course, his podcast host, Bruce Springsteen, is also on the list. The Boss recently announced his 2023 tour with the E Street Band. Unfortunately, the tickets have been hard to come by and really expensive. I mean, really expensive. Because of Ticketmaster's new dynamic pricing system, the prices have skyrocketed, with some seats going for up to $5,000. As all of this ticketing controversy raged on, Springsteen joined fellow New Jersey musician Jack Antonoff and his band Bleachers for a rendition of their song, Chinatown, at a recent Radio City Music Hall show. The nominees for this year's Mercury Prize were announced on Thursday. This annual music prize is an award for the best album released in the UK by a British or Irish act. Sam Fender, Little Sims, Harry Styles, and Wet Leg are all contenders. Check out WFUV's Sunday night show, UKNY, to stay up to date on the best music Britain has to offer. And check out WFUV.org for a recap of last weekend's Newport Folk Festival, which reveals that folk legend Joni Mitchell made a triumphant return to the stage in a surprise performance. Paul Simon also made a special guest appearance during a tribute set to him done by Nathaniel Daniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Read the whole recap and see pictures at WFUV.org. That was Elisa Ali with the What's What in Music News. Hear her weekdays on WFUV from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And that's our show for today. I'm Emma Lipkind. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Check back with us Monday at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.